Welcome to Elementary Talks, the podcast that connects marketing, design, and development experts to help you build better websites. Nathan Wrigley is the co-host of the popular podcast WP Builds, a podcast that is 100% WordPress dedicated. In our talk, we cover the most essential steps to successful podcasting, including monetization techniques, the most important tools, and scheduling guests. So tune in, here is Nathan Wrigley. Welcome to another episode of Elementor Talks, and we're back from a short hiatus that we've had, and I'm Ben, your host, and with me is Matan. Hi, Matan. Hello, Ben. Our guest today is very interesting. It's Nathan Wrigley of WP Builds. Hello there. How are you? I'm great, Nathan. How are you? I'm really good. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a chilly, chilly day today, but I'm, um, I'm trying to be positive. Yeah, you're from Scarborough? Yes, Scarborough in the UK. If you go about halfway up the UK, so kind of halfway between the tip of Scotland and the south of England, then that's that's where I live on the coast. There's no good reason to live here, but I really like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Nathan, uh, I actually hold you a, a favor because you were uh, you interviewed uh, me for your podcast uh, way back before Elementor was even known. I think I try to keep my finger on the pulse of all the things that are going on in WordPress, at least I have done for the last three years. And, and, and it appeared back even back then that Elementor was going to be something quite special. And so it's proven to be your hard work over the last many years has, has resulted in a, an absolutely breathtaking rise. So it's got nothing to do with me and everything to do with you. <laughs> yeah. What made you, if I can ask, what made you curious back then? What made you invite Ben to your uh, podcast? Well, essentially, my role in the podcast that I do, which is called WP Builds, is simply to keep my eye on what's going on in WordPress. It's kind of exclusively WordPress. And so if something new and interesting comes along, I, I endeavor to reach out to the people who are behind that product or service. And Elementor was new and interesting and fully featured. But I think that the one thing that got me at the time was... There were, there, there were and still are some um, rival page builders. But the, the thing about Elementor that caught my attention so much at that time was, the, was the, the complexity and depth of the free offering, the fact that you were giving away so much in the WordPress.org repo, whereas a lot of other alternatives uh, lock that stuff away uh, behind a paywall. So it was the ability, I suppose, to get started and crank up a really good website for, for zero cost. That, that really interests me, plus the fact that it just looked so darn good. Yeah, I think it's a combination. Uh, our success is a combination of, of uh, it's great to have the free features, but uh, having people from the community like yourself doing podcasts, it's definitely helped spread the word and uh, tell people about uh, the plugin. And that's actually one of the things that I want to focus this show on is uh, about podcasting. And your podcast has become one of the most successful WordPress podcasts. How did it all start? Oh, I think towards the middle of 2016, I, I met a, a friend online. I had not met him in the real world. I have subsequently, and his name is David Wormsley. And at the time, he was making a whole bunch of WordPress videos, which he was releasing onto YouTube. And, and I really liked his style, and I liked his... I don't know how to say this, really. He always came across as a very decent and honest person, as much as you can judge that in a YouTube video. <laughs> and so I reached out to him because I liked his videos and and we just got chatting. 
And I thought to myself, it wouldn't it be great to actually have a bit of a relationship with this guy going forwards and to kind of forge something where, where I get to speak to him more often because I was, because I was really taken by him. So I said to him, shall we do a WordPress podcast together? How do you fancy that? And he was a little bit sort of taken aback, I think, but he agreed after a couple of emails. He said, yeah, let's give it a go. And so back then, the premise was that we would do one, just try it with the equipment that we already owned. No special new stuff was going to be acquired or bought. And so we organized the time, sat down, thrashed out what we might talk about, released it. And, uh, and the rest, as they say, is history. We thought at that point, we'll do a couple more, see how that goes. And after, after getting into the swing of doing two or three, it kind of felt like this should keep going. And so we've been going since, like I say, it's about, roughly speaking, I would say it was September-ish, 2016. And I think barring a couple of things like Christmas, we've, we've released an episode every single week since then. But it was primarily just to uh, just to get into the life of David Wormsley. He's going to be somewhat alarmed when he hears this. <laughs> Sounds stuckery. Uh, <laughs> and you actually started as an uh, as a web designer and developer. And the role you told me the role of uh, podcasting grew in your uh, you know your expertise and your portfolio. So what happened exactly? Well, like many people who will be using your Elementor page builder, I was designing websites primarily for local companies, but in, within the UK, shall we say, I've got quite a few clients spread out all over the place. And I was just enjoying building things, but also kind of enjoying the, the opportunities that Facebook presented. I'm, really, I hadn't been a great Facebook user. In fact, I'd shunned Facebook for many years. And then at some point prior to 2016, so let's say roughly 2015, I got into Facebook and realized there were these Facebook groups, then realized that there were Facebook groups that were connected primarily to WordPress. And then upon being in those for a little while, I discovered that there were actual communities within Facebook that were always talking about WordPress. And many of them were incredibly friendly. And this kind of surprised me, to be honest. I, I didn't expect that I would find myself opening Facebook at ridiculous o'clock in the morning to check out what my, I'm going to call them friends, because that's what they are now, what my friends were saying. Mm. But that's what happened over time. I became kind of beguiled by the the face sorry the well yeah the Facebook WordPress community if you like and so started to contribute more and more to these things and all the time doing client work so my interactions were largely how do you do this what would be the best way to do this and and, and getting some answers back and then obviously it's quid pro quo sometimes you answer other people's questions and then kind of realized that that a lot of this stuff could be implemented in my work life and so as time went on, I started to think, well, it would be nice. It really would be nice if I could put together some kind of media. So I started doing some videos online. I did a couple for a, a plugin that I know you're familiar with. I did a couple for a uh, tool set, trying to integrate tool set with the various things. And those were not, not widely popular, but they were well received, should we say. The comments that I got were very nice. And so you know, that's what spurred me on. There was absolutely no intention at any point for me to become a podcaster for a, a living, if you like, or to do this more than just for fun. But it's one of those strange consequences. If you do something often enough and it gets into enough people's ears, it becomes significant enough that you devote lots of time to it. So I was finding that I was devoting one, one and a half, two days to the to the podcast. And eventually 
having sat down and looked at it all, I was thinking, well, I've either got to kind of commit a lot to this or I've got to throw it in the bin and, and just jettison it. But it felt, it felt that I put so much work into it until that point and, and it was becoming the focus for my whole online life. But I thought, well, I'm going to go for it and, and commit to, to podcasting all the time. And, and now I've kind of introduced little elements, into, like additional little bits onto the podcast. We do like a, a weekly news section and things like that. And so client work is slowly, slowly but surely becoming less of a thing for me. And podcasting's kind of becoming a career, which is really bizarre. How do you monetize it exactly? Well, so the typical ways, really, there's nothing bright or inspirational. We do feature some adverts, and I've been very lucky to have some sponsors approach me and ask if they can put adverts in the podcast. And, you know, it's the typical thing. I took my lead from the Twit Network, which is run by Leo Laporte. He, he has audio ads that he reads out. And because I was a complete novice, I literally didn't know what to do. So I thought, well, let, let's try that. So trawled around on the internet and noticed that a lot of other podcasters, this is quite a typical thing, and you can block adverts into like 30 second or 15 second intervals, and depending on where you put them, they command a certain price and so on and so forth. And so just thought, well, let's try that, and, and it worked. And, and to this day, it's still working. You know, people are contacting me fairly often and saying, can we, can we put our, our adverts in the podcast? And we've got banner ads and things like that as well. And because of the fact that the podcast is so niche, well, I mean, it's not super niche. It's not like a, a podcast about, oh, I don't know, page builders. It's a podcast about WordPress. There's enough companies in WordPress just to support it. And the community is big enough in WordPress that it can support both advertisers and podcasts, it turns out. But then there's the, the other thing, the sort of slightly murkier side, the, the bit that people don't really wish to talk about, which is the affiliate side of things. And I do use those affiliate links. Some people will find that very objectionable, but I, I work on the basis that, well, if I'm supplying content and you, you think that content is worth going from my content to the, to the plugin or theme page, then, then that's okay. And I, I make it quite clear that this is what I'm doing. You know, I don't always say it out loud, but I, I put the occasional thing on saying this is an affiliate link and so on and so forth. But I think people are okay with that because... It doesn't cost them anything, and yet they're helping out. So I think that uh, affiliate marketing might have gotten a bad rap because there are some affiliates that are not recommending the best tools. But people like you, people like uh, Adam Prizer, they have they build their, their trust and the authority that their audience, you know, they trust what they uh, what they're selling and the, the affiliate links that they put. Yeah, I think that I think you're absolutely right. There, there are there are many ways to game the system, and by that I mean, so for example, you might set up a website which is just full of affiliate links, and you know, spend an absolute fortune on adverts, knowing full well that the the amount that you'll get back will pay for the adverts and more. Well, it's not really about that. In my case, I'm only speaking about things that I'm I've been using or things in the WordPress space. So whilst I had to get over that hump, I've, I've got over that hump now, and and I've I've had no you know no nobody's sort of telling me it's a rotten skull skulldoggerous thing to do. So are these um adverts are they being played like in the radio? Meaning you have actually a commercial break, and then this guy reads up the the adverts or. 
So the, the it turns out that there's quite a lot of information online. You can go to a, there's a very popular website called Midroll. I think it's midroll.com, something like that. And, and it's a bunch of podcasters, or in particular, a, a particular podcast who's, who's been doing this for years. And he's kind of worked out a, a suitable formula. So in the same way that television adverts work to a formula, you know, there's an ad break. It's obvious it's an ad break. Here are the ads. And then the program starts again. It's a little bit like that. And so with audio ads, typically you would have about a 15-second option. And within 15 seconds, you could probably say three or four sentences, maybe three. And you could also have a 30-second advert, and you can say a little bit more. And then depending on where you position it in the, the podcast, that commands different fees as well. So if you put it right at the beginning, that that's different from putting it right in the main body of the content, or you might put it at the end. I've opted to put adverts at the beginning and the end of the podcast, but not to interrupt the podcast itself. So when the main content starts, let's say that Ben's episode about Elementor, once Ben has started talking to me, I made the decision that Ben and I should be in, uninterrupted by adverts until the end of that. So that's just a personal decision. But a lot of podcasters, they take the approach that actually that's a really good time to put an ad slot in. It's just personal opinion. You can imagine why in the same way that you know, adverts in the middle of Game of Thrones, which aired for the first time last night, are going to be much more valuable than ads uh, in the program before or the program after, because that's when everybody's watching and you've got everybody's attention. But I just decided that the content was more important than the adverts, but, but that's how it's done typically. And you can do it in all sorts of ways. You know, I decide that I want to read the, the ad out myself just because I think that's a good way to do it. It's coming from my voice, which is familiar. But you could, you know, if you wanted, you could just insert somebody else. So, for example, you or Ben could record your own podcast ad and send it over. But that's just not the way that I've decided to do it. We're going to try it out later. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's actually commercials right now. No. <laughs> That's an actually super interesting uh, topic. I never heard how you do that, uh, com incorporating uh, adverts inside podcasts. Going back to Facebook, because you mentioned in 2015, you weren't really into Facebook, and now you have uh, quite a successful podcast. Do you use Facebook uh, communities, or do you even have Facebook group for the podcast? How do you promote it? Yeah, we have a we have a Facebook group which is over at well, it's wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook. We'll redirect. It's just easier for me to remember that way. And there's about at this moment there's about one nineteen hundred and fifty members, something like that. So it's not gigantic, but it's 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 within a certain, you know, it seems to be a nice sweet spot. What I decided right at the offset is that I didn't want it to be an open group. I wanted it to be a closed group. And so we've got one very simple question that you have to answer before entering that group. And the reason I did that was because upon starting the group, I, I did hear of some stories of people who were just inundated with robot Facebook accounts, Facebook accounts, which are, are not in any way connected to a real person. They've been set up by a machine somewhere. And these robots get into your group, sit dormant for a few months, and then suddenly just start filling it with utterly irrelevant content. And so we, we ask a simple question, which once you've answered it, I'll allow you into the group. And it's absolutely stunning what goes on in there. I don't mean our group in particular. In all of these little Facebook groups are surrounding WordPress. 
it's just lots of questions, people posing their questions, answering each other's questions, writing about their successes, writing about their failures, and it has become a little community. What I've noticed over time is that some people come and some people go. Um, you get some people who are really, really committed for the long term. Some people seem to have, you know, they're really into it for a few months and then you don't hear from them for a while and then they pop back up again. But it is a really, really great way of keeping in touch with everybody. And so I've now automated the whole system of when I publish a, a podcast, it all goes into my Facebook group with, you know, the, the excerpt from the post. So I, I actually use a, a piece of software called Amplifier. I managed to get it on one of those, I guess, maybe. Oh, we use that. Yeah, so I do that and I connect it to my Facebook group. You've got to go through the additional step these days because of the Cambridge Analytica fiasco a little while ago with Facebook. You've actually got to go and authorize the app to post to the Facebook group. And then it just looks, it just keeps constantly pinging my RSS feed. And when I click publish on a post, the RSS feed gets updated. And an amplifier then says, oh, good. Okay, let's push that to the Facebook group. And then I go in and manually engage with that, you know, make sure that it isn't just completely automated. I, I might change the copy that is taken across um, or make it a Facebook post announcement so it's kind of sticky at the top of the, the group and so on. But uh, that's the way I do that. And I, I think it's brilliant. The, my only concern with Facebook, like everybody else's concerns, is the fact that it's a bit of a silo. You don't really have any ownership of that. But the benefit is that everybody seems to be addicted to Facebook and, and is always there, if you know what I mean. So it's, it's trivially easy if I post something out in the Facebook group. People seem to see that. And I think that if I had my own forum, the difficulty of getting people, persuading people to, to sign up for that. People are already, it's in their daily uh, you know, routine, so yeah. they don't have to go elsewhere. But I want to go back. I mean, you took your podcast to a certain uh, way of... of You know, focusing on that, but let's say we're not I'm a web designer and I'm not uh, thinking about monetizing, but I'm still thinking about podcasting. So what are the reasons I should be podcasting as opposed to like creating videos or content or any other channel? I think the primary thing that I discovered really early on was it's really easy to do it. Yeah. The, the technological barrier is very small. I mean, if you want it to be amazing, And every single aspect of it to be incredible, you know, almost like radio quality, then yes, you're going to have problems. But I have a microphone, which was relatively inexpensive. It was about $60. But I know for a fact that you can get microphones significantly less than that, which will work absolutely fine. You need a computer. You need a microphone, and then there's various other bits and pieces which make up the the podcast and so it's the it's the simplicity of it it's the fact that you press record and if you are able to keep speaking um, and you're not too worried I've always taken the approach that with our podcast at least we don't edit it too much you know if somebody literally has to leave the room then we'll edit that out but if somebody you know says um a bit or are ah, a bit or pauses a bit I'm going to leave all that stuff in. So I can say in five minutes what it would take me an hour to type. And, and so I think that's its power, really. It's, it's really, really easy to do. And people, people have also got this strange time in the day, it turns out, where they're commuting. They're doing something that requires them to kind of 
you know, they've got their ears open, but they couldn't possibly be reading anything. So it might be that they're having breakfast. It might be they're having an evening meal or they're doing their daily commutes. Often in the car, I get lots of comments about people who say they listen to the podcast in the car. So I do it in the commute. So yeah. Yeah. So it's it, plus it's fun to make also. It is. It's it's really good fun to make. And from my point of view, because we because we went down the approach of having quite a few interviews with people in the WordPress space. I got to meet lots of people, you know, like you, and you'll you'll probably have the same story. You've gotten to meet a whole bunch of people that yeah. really you wouldn't have had an excuse to meet in any other way. Definitely. People in the top of the industry, it's it's been uh, amazing. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that it, it, it takes a short time compared to, let's say, writing a text. But we, we all know that uh, you have to edit the podcast later on. I wondered, how do you do that? Do you do it on your own? Do you use outsource for editing? So I do absolutely all of it myself. I do enjoy it, actually. I have a, I have a Mac, and on that Mac, I've got a piece of software called Logic Pro, which I, I believe is modestly expensive. I literally bought it years and years ago on a deal, so I, I can't recall. But I know for a fact that there's free software, for example, Audacity, which is absolutely 150% up to the task of editing a podcast together. But I, yeah, I do it all myself. So I sit here, I, I record, I, mostly I do it with Skype because that just works for me. I've got a bit of software which records the audio and there's no cost burden for, um, for that going forward. Uh, we're, we're recording this on Zoom and I just personally don't use Zoom. So I record it and then I just open up this piece of software and it looks like, you know, horizontal swimming lanes and you just drag the audio in put the music in if you've got any music uh, and then use the mic again to record the adverts and the introduction and so on. And I do it all myself. And, and to begin with, I recall, I do recall it being tremendously fiddly. I just couldn't figure out how to do certain things. And as always, Google is your best friend. I went out, searched for tutorials. And now I am, I could not do a single thing beyond editing podcast audio. That is the limit of my capabilities. But I'm, it's a bit like driving a car. Now that I've done it 250 plus times, whatever it is, it's, it's instinct now. I know all the keyboard shortcuts. And so I can, I can do it relatively quickly. You do it blindfolded. I possibly could, sad to say. Actually, no, it does require quite a lot of looking at. I look at the little waveforms. It creates these sort of, you know, oscilloscope patterns. And I look at those. You do what Matan does. He edits like uh, mistakes that I make like ums and they then plays it and it sounds like funny when he plays the <laughs> it's just an inside joke you know yeah. I, I, I do know exactly what you mean I have played with that my approach <laughs> as I said earlier if if it's really really causing a problem then yes I might edit those out but most of the time I don't but I, I pinch and zoom with the little Mac trackpad and get in really close so I can see where the word begins and so on it can be very fiddly I'm sure there's I'm sure there's better ways of doing what I do, but um, it works for me and I, I, don't, I don't have any problems with it. Yeah, as for doing it with my eyes closed, no, I think it's quite a visual thing, but I know you can outsource it all. Yeah. Um, and I know that certain platforms will take a lot of that work on board. So for example, there's a, there's a podcasting platform called Pippa or Piper, P-I-P-P-A.io. And so for example, their, their software, their SaaS app will allow you to insert adverts automatically so you can update the adverts without changing, without editing anything. It'll just push them into the actual podcast for you. You can pre-record certain adverts and, and it will just populate every episode, past and future, 
with those adverts, but it could be anything. It wouldn't have to be an advert. I think having it live has a huge advantage. I personally listen to a bunch of podcasts. One of them is Conan, uh, Conan's new podcast, uh, Conan O'Brien, and his adverts are hilarious. So I, I love <laughs> to listen to his, uh, his uh, advertisement. Yeah, yeah, it's it's insane, isn't it? It's insane. <laughs> so a bit of a technical uh, question. You mentioned logic and what kind of equipment do you actually use besides? Uh... So, yeah, so specifically, I, I have a Mac. I've got a MacBook Pro, but everything could be done on a, a Windows computer, but I, I just prefer to use a Mac. I have a, so sitting right in front of me right now, I've got this microphone called a Blue Yeti. And I've got that held up on a on a stand. It's like an arm. It literally looks like an arm. It's got a joint, and it attaches to the table. And the intention of that is, if I hit the table, you're, you, the microphone is supposed to not absorb too much of that um, uh, because I'm quite clumsy and I hit my knees against the table. I bought that to stop that working. I've also got like a little pop filter, which is a bit like a pair of tights stretched over the the front of the mic. And the intention of that is, if I pronounce the word P anything with a p in it particularly quickly it will it will take that, that sort of explosion of sound and, and pare it down a little bit so in order to to get that recorded i use skype and i use a piece of software called ecam ecam skype recorder i think it's about 30 dollars or something and it records anything that comes through skype I believe it's for the Mac only, and it splits it into separate channels. So my audio and my guest's audio are separate, which is quite nice because if they're very quiet, I can tweak their volume up. Whereas if it's recorded all as one track, you're kind of stuck if, uh, if it's all blended like that. And then I use Logic to edit it. And now on the WordPress side of things, I have a couple of plugins which I use to make the player. The, the player is created by a plugin called Simple Podcast Press. It's by a guy called Hanny Mora, who we had on the podcast. And it just allows you to have a, a nice player. And it does lots of automated things as well, but I don't use it for that. And then there's always the, you always need to host your audio file somewhere. And for that, I use um, a company called Castos, C-A-S-T-O-S. Um, and that integrates beautifully with WordPress in that it puts a little meta box underneath the main content area. And all I do is click upload the audio file when it's finally done and it uploads it all, sticks it on Amazon's infrastructure, gives me back a URL, and then I paste that URL into the player and that's it. Cool. I heard uh, another hosting, Libsyn is pretty popular. Yep. Libsyn is really good because it has a very, it seems to have the industry-wide accepted analytics. It turns out that Podcast analytics is a really difficult thing to do. So we're all familiar with Google Analytics, and that's relatively straightforward. You know, the JavaScript gets invoked when we go to the page, and it starts to see what we're doing and so on. Podcasting is a bit more difficult because it turns out many, many people will not go to the website to listen to the podcast episode. They'll Traditionally, they'll use a podcast player on their, let's say, Android or iOS app phone, and so it's difficult to track that stuff. How do you how do you work out, for example, where did people stop listening to it? Are, are most people getting three minutes in? Are most people skipping the ads? Are most people getting right to the very end and so on? And I think that's the future of podcasting. It seems to me like the companies that do all the hosting are falling over themselves to get this analytics stuff worked out. At the moment, you, all you really get is just the number of downloads 
but it would appear that the Libsyn way of doing things seems to be kind of like the industry-wide accepted way of doing it. But I think that there are efforts to make this better so that those kind of statistics will be more widely available. In terms of the content of, of the podcast, do you use a script? Do you ad lib? So every time somebody books onto the podcast, what I, I've taken the approach that I will very, very, very infrequently do I have somebody on the podcast who just out of the blue contacts me. I decided that I would go and find people. So for example, I emailed you. Um, and you then agreed. And so the way the reason I do that is because I want to I want to keep it. I want to keep it with the, with the things that I'm interested in. And I think the community will be interested in. So I reach out to people, they come onto my um, booking form. And what I do is once they've made a booking an appointment, I then have a templated set of show notes. And the show notes, they don't have any specific questions. They've just got some information about what's required. So, for example, book it out in your calendar. Try to shut all the noise out. Try to get an external mic just to make the sound better and so on. And then I will write a set of things that I think I'm going to ask them. And it's a Google Doc, so they can see it in real time. And next to that, next to my set of questions, is a blank space, which I encourage them to fill in. And it's really nice, actually, when I've had nothing but an email exchange with somebody. I look in the Google Doc a couple of days before I'm going to record so that I can write my questions. And I often see that it's been filled up with things that they want to talk about, which is lovely because it gives me a starting point. I get to know what they're on about. But yeah, I do my due diligence. I go and look through their plug-in website or their hosting company's website and, and write a bunch of questions. But usually... They're just mnemonics. It's just things that I would like to get to, and, and I ad-lib it all. So I, I never, ever, ever read the questions out directly. Yeah, makes sense. And do you record it in advance? Do you book them in advance? How, how do, does the schedule look like? Yeah, so I, I have kind of learned the hard way that this is the best way to do it. So right at the beginning, I hit the problem that I wasn't being able to book people. I wasn't booking people in advance enough. So there were a few moments where it got to the day of the podcast and I suddenly thought, oh, I don't have anything to put out today. I've really got to get somebody on the show. So I learned that. And so then I started to have the approach of, okay, I'll book a few in advance. And that was working really well. And then other podcasters that were in this space, kind of, we, we had chats and they talked about this process of batching. So you might set aside one or two days where you'll record three, four, five episodes. And, and so in, in one day, you can, you can potentially have the most of the content for the following month. So I decided to do this, but I went a little bit crazy last summer and, and I've now got a, a, lots and lots and lots and lots of things pre-recorded. And so at the moment, when I'm putting episodes out, I'm having to humbly write an apologetic email to say, I'm really sorry that this has come out so long after we spoke about it. But uh, that was a mistake on my part. So the lesson to be learned there is I would say do batching, definitely record them in advance, but don't do what I did, which is to get too many recorded, because then you feel like a bit of an idiot having to <laughs> approach your guests who were very nice to give up their time and say, sorry, it hasn't come out yet. <laughs> Do you have a certain, uh, I would say, characteristic of a guest or just people who interest you? I mean, is it someone with a certain subject or topic that you're looking for or just the people? 
Yeah, so really it's anybody that fits under the banner of the WordPress community. Most of the people that we've had on have been able to to speak um, in English. I've had a few people on who really struggled to speak with English, but we did get through it. You know, a few people expressed their concern that they would they would not be able to do that. But we managed to get through those. And a couple of those are the episodes where I had to sort of edit it. But no, it's about whether it interests me. Some, and, and often it's something that's new or something that has been updated. So uh, an example might be that a, a plugin has received a significant update and we had the person on before. Well, things have changed. Let's get them on again. Or it might be something absolutely brand new. You know, there's this utterly new product that's coming out. And so that's what what I want to hear about, you know. So the podcast is primarily focused on WordPress and it's about things which I think are notable. Sometimes people in the Facebook group will drop a suggestion and say you should get in touch with this person. And and so I do that. But then we also, I decided about just over a year ago that in addition to doing the, the WordPress podcast, I would do a WordPress weekly news podcast. And so I think I'm on about episode 58 now. So that's just over a year. On a Monday morning at seven in the morning, uh, UK time, I put out a, a WordPress podcast, which is about 15 minutes long. And it's just the news from the previous week. So there's no guests for that at all. It's literally I scrape the news from the last week, sum it all up, record what I think about it, what's happened, um, and put it out. So that's got nothing to do with guests at all. But it's proving to be very popular. It's the same audience? Exactly the same audience. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many people listen to both, but it, it's certainly equally popular. So my guess is it's probably the same audience listening to both. What the, the thing that seems to be the comment that I get about that, people like it because they, they kind of feel in a way that they don't have to read the WordPress news themselves. By Monday morning, by kind of quarter past seven, they kind of caught up with most of what was going on. You guys feature a lot, actually. I include an awful lot about Elementor. You know, when you release this, that, and the other feature, it goes in there and we we speak about it and I go and tell everybody to update and whatnot. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> that's, that's what it's for. I'm a little blushed. <laughs> I actually, I, I subscribed to your newsletter, so I got uh, the message. So. Yes, yeah, you will have got one this morning, yeah. I tend to record those kind of at the weekend so that they can come out. I'm facing a bit of a crisis at the moment because I'm going on holiday next week for about two weeks. And this is a this is something to think about. I've suddenly faced with this thing that I've got to produce three podcast episodes during this week. Well, that's fine, because like I said, I've got lots recorded. I can easily put those together. But how I'm going to do the news ones, I don't know, because I can't record those in advance, because they're entirely filled with the, the stuff that happened in the previous week. So I expect I shall be uh, recording them in my hotel room. <laughs> Um, after two years of uh, podcasting, could you tell us by now or could you gauge what were the most successful podcast episodes you had and why they succeeded? Without a doubt, the most successful one was uh, I had Matt Mullenweg on, who is the kind of the joint founder of the WordPress project, along with uh, Mike Little. And by complete coincidence, I emailed him just it turned out that Gutenberg, the block editor, was it had been mooted to be released on this date, and then it got pushed back to this date, and then this date, and this date, and this date. And it turns out that just by pure coincidence, Matt Mullenweg 
ended up being on our podcast about three days before the, the Gutenberg editor got launched. And that was big news back in November. And so that episode was big, not just because it was about Gutenberg, but because of the personality of, of Matt Mullenweg. You know, I think a lot of people like to hear hear about what he's doing and what where, what the direction is for Automatic and WordPress in general. So that was big, primarily because of the, the stature of, of him uh, as a guest. But when I look at the stats, it's really surprising to me which episodes are popular. It, it might not be what you think. I won't mention any names, but some of the episodes that have been more popular are tiny little plugins with a very limited audience, but it's clear that they've tweaked the interest of lots of people. So there's no rhyme or reason to it. And which podcast do you uh, subscribe to? Oh my goodness. I'm going to open my phone. WordPress or... Uh... Yeah, WordPress WordPress only. Are we sticking just to WordPress? No. Oh, anything. Okay, right. So I use a... I'm just opening up my app of choice, which is called Pocket Casts. And just sticking to the WordPress stuff for a moment, I'm a regular listener to Lee Jackson's Agency Trailblazer, the WP Elevation podcast, it's the business one. It's called the WordPress Business Podcast. I listen to Bob Don. He's got Bob WP. I listen to quite a lot of his stuff. The Matt Report with um, Matt Medeiros, obviously, that's good. WordPress. Oh, we're having. Yeah, he's great. He's really an amazing. He's got so much depth in his knowledge. WordPress Weekly. There's a new podcast by WPMU Dev called Hello WP. Yeah, I was good. And if I might plug something, which is a new podcast that I started about two weeks ago for a charity. There's a new charity that started in the UK called WP and Op. And it's a charity to help people in the WordPress space who are suffering a problem, be it mental health or physical health or a problem with their running their business successfully. And the idea is that the charity gives support, but one of the promotional techniques that we're using as a charity is to is to have a podcast. So there's a, a new podcast over at wpandop.org forward slash podcasts. And I listen to that one because I make it. <laughs> but um, aside from WordPress ones, I'm a massive history buff. And so I listen to quite a lot of history um, podcasts, in particular, the BBC's In Our Time. And I'm also a raving fan of the Twit Network, TWIT. It's run by Leo Laporte out of California. And I listen to a podcast called This Week in Google, which sounds really a bit nerdy, but it's wonderful. And another one called Security Now, which is all about internet IT security. And really, by the time I've gone through those, I'm probably... That's probably the, the the set of weekly things. There's about eight hours of listening. <laughs> well, I I knew all your WordPress podcasts, but none of your non-WordPress podcasts. So I don't know what it says about me. But uh... well, I think I think if you're not into history, no, yeah, if you're not into history, you first you probably won't enjoy those. But also, if you, I I really would recommend listening to anything out of the Twit Network this this week in Google and those guys, the pros. There there is nobody doing it better than them. Um, and they don't talk about WordPress particularly, although oddly, WordPress is a sponsor. But that network has been going forever. As long as people have been putting out podcasts, they've been doing it. And they are super slick. You know, they've got an actual proper studio and th their overheads must be enormous because the whole thing is, is brilliant. Yeah, really, really recommended. Cool. And uh, Nathan, how can people follow you, your your podcast and uh, and reach you? 
Okay, so the, the the best channels, I suppose, is is the website. We the podcast can be found over at wpbuilds.com. And then there's a whole bunch of links to other content that we do, like this news, and we do deals, and we do webinars, and all of that kind of stuff. Like I said, I'm trying to make this into a kind of like a living, really. Um, there's Twitter over at, at WPBuild. I still don't understand Twitter. I kind of get it a bit, but I don't communicate as well there. And the Facebook group, if you're into WordPress and you want to join the, our, our Facebook group, it's wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook. And, you know, there's contact forms on the website. Feel free. I, I honestly do reply to every single email I get. So feel free to, you know, send me an email as well. Great. And uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. It's uh, an amazing journey that you went through from uh, doing WordPress work to doing podcasts. Yeah. And still uh, focusing on WordPress. So it's interesting. Yeah, thank you. It's been a, it has been an amazing journey, and uh, I would like to just say, you know, you you guys are on a pr- probably an, a more amazing journey with your amazing uh, WordPress page builder. So uh, I think the same is reflected back at you times ten. Thanks, thank and uh, I hope we have you back uh, again. So everyone, thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and share the podcast, and use all the tricks that you learned here. Uh, so until next time. Thank you very much and goodbye. Bye-bye.